Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on the jukebox singing Honk, it's all women Is golf a sport or a game? <laughs> and what separates the two? Because to me... If it's not about direct competition with someone else, if it's more about the the like the board, like Monopoly or bowling, it's a game. I would say it's closer to pool than basketball or football. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I would say that too. Closer to bowling. Well, and pool is a it's not a sport. So it's it's a precision sport. Now there's tons it's of talent. Involved. There's tons of talent. No doubt about that. But let's let well, the. Um, the resident well no no to actually uh, you know to the, the only one of the three of us who does play golf um Man, not spent, super not super well i spent as much time on the golf course as you have without playing. i play golf i i, I, don't I, I actually play golf i do not golf <laughs> you do not score i golf. go on a hike oh. where i try to put a ball in a hole <laughs> <laughs> to your point that it's a game a fifth like tom watson almost won the british open which is one of the major tournaments at like 53 a couple years ago like he was in contention on sunday so yes it, it does take a lot of skill. I would say it's probably closer to a game than a sport. But if your if your definition is based on competition, no, then no, you can compete in anything. Yeah. yeah so, but I, don't, the, I don't know. Like I, I said, the precision of it. But you know, I mean, you so, can say there's, I mean, there's precision to bowling. It's treated as a sport. I'm not sure know, if I consider like, it a sport though, because like here's well, the thing. So yeah, most, that's why I'm, I'm just saying it is. is. But I, I think it's a good question. But well, I mean, technically, it's a sport. You know what else it is? It's a summer sport, and thinking of summer do, do you guys have specific music you go to in the summer song whether it's a song whether it's an album you know how there's always like ooh, it's the summer tune it's the summer album it's i would say um i used to go to reggae sometimes i mean but my wife cannot stand reggae so <laughs> i haven't listened to marley in years i don't have like a summer playlist so okay so i wasn't talking about do you have like a summer playlist specifically i was talking about music that you associate with summer like I, I can remember certain albums that probably not so much now it's probably a little harder now since you don't listen to like albums but i remember back in say 2002 to 2012 probably whatever band released a an album in the spring i was if i liked it i was listening to it all summer you know i can i can think of the two white stripes albums the mm-hmm, elephant mm-hmm. and the one with uh, conquest on it i listen to those a lot they're just kind of up I mean, I guess they, they need to be upbeat and like kind of have like that, a fun vibe. Is that more just coincidence? They happen to come out then, or that you feel like they set the mood for the summer? Well, yeah. well, I don't know if that's how the release schedule. Like more people release albums in the spring for the summer. I'm sure some well, people, people definitely pop music. Yeah, is, they is try like, to oh, this vibe be a for summer the song jam. in the summer. Yeah, right. no, they want to be the song that is played at every pool party from Vegas to Missouri. And some folks clearly do that. I'm just saying, like, do you feel like white the white stripes are especially good? for the summer or you just happen to associate them with the summer because of when they came out because the album came out yeah well that was just an example of an album i can recall being released and me listening to it all summer and so i associated the album with summer it was upbeat it was fun i like let's say uh mgmt would have been something that would have been probably in the late aughts that or or, or 2006 or 7 that was pretty ubiquitous i mean i guess you hear things just like that fucking what is that that um get lucky i mean that was kind of a thing but like i don't really listen to yes. music seasonally at all that being said from growing up it's something that i inherently now tie to the summer just being from north carolina is 
some of the beach music and stuff, some of the old school like shag stuff under the boardwalk and some of those tunes which are just some oh, yeah. of the best uh, songs uh, of ever. course and, and that's it you go with like the beach boys or i'm not a huge beach boys fan but like windows are down tops down whatever ride yeah, you're in say, on a bike and the sun's out and it's summer and it's hot and you're in shorts or sandals or whatever it's good music to hear like it's it's upbeat it's happy if I had to pick something, it's kind of what I used to see during the summertime. A lot of Southern rock, definitely Almond Brothers. Uh, big of course, summertime. I think, I think even it, Grateful Dead. That's very summertime, outdoor festival kind of vibe. Yeah, but yeah, the problem sure. is this year there's been no concerts, so there's nothing to directly relate it to. For me, kind of songs I would be likely to play in a social setting for the summer, that kind of thing. And now for that, there are definite definite things. I was talking about some of the old school, like, Under the Boardwalk, that kind of stuff. Neil, you were saying Marley. There's a, uh, on the Kendrick Lamar, untitled, unnamed, or un- whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's number mm-hmm. seven or eight, that Blue Faces. I think it's just such a cool, it just immediately feels like you're at a cookout or something. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And then, some. and there's even some, some Van Morrison and stuff that I think is just like, but that shit's good all the time. It's funny for me, I think, I differentiate between summer and, like, grilling out. A barbecue, like, I'd like to have some good blues on in the background, you know, which is not necessarily music I want to listen to in the summer. Like, in summer, I'm thinking more like I'm at the beach or I'm probably, you know, we're fortunate we live in Los Angeles, driving up the PCH, listening to something that fits the mood of, like, blue sky, sun, ocean. Kind of in the past couple years, I would definitely say there's a lot of Childish Gambino that I like in the summer. I saw him and Vince Staples opened up for him. They actually both have songs called Summertime. You can't ever go wrong. Like, anyone can write a song called Summertime. Will Smith, (laughs) uh, Childish Gambino, Vince Staples. Gershwin. Speaking of that, I'm not a... I don't... You know, listen to a lot of hip hop, but I do, for some reason, associate a lot of that 90s, like, East Coast hip hop with the summer. I think it has a good summer vibe. Like, if I hear, like, Tribe Talk Quest and I'm at the beach, that's a very good vibe for summer i think the song we're going to talk about tonight is a very good it's a pretty good one it's a pretty it's definitely good all the time but it's definitely it works real well and on that note you were listening to pod gave rock and roll to you and we will introduce the song we're talking about this week picked by mr jonathan horton waiting on a friend by the rolling stone So, Waiting on a Friend. Pretty sure it was the first CD I ever bought. Tattoo You? I was a, it was Rewind. It was actually a compilation. But, that being said, it's either that or Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows. I can't remember. I think it was the Stones. Did tune. you say CD or tape? CD. It's kind of a greatest hits between, I think, 71 and 84. So, there's 13 years in there, which, I mean, the Stones were as big That's as... an interesting any, time. The Stones were as big as any band has ever been or ever will be yeah. during those years. But it's also a song that's not as quite as out front. You don't hear it as much. I mean, it's now I hear it cause I, I listen to it all the time, but it's not like, you know, start me up or like honky talk women or any of that kind of stuff. But it just goes to show you that like the stones, pretty much all their songs, except for the ones that aren't great are fucking great. I mean, it's just like, Oh, like if any other band had had that song, like that's just like, Oh, that band that wrote that, that, that you'd be a one hit wonder with that song. But apparently, I think they had, um, had written it in the se- early 70s to yeah, a large 71. extent. And then just kind of forgot about it or didn't finish it, then stumbled mm-hmm. back across it. The real reason 
why I'm into it, why I picked it, is because it, it, it's it's about a subject that I feel like a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about, especially guys, because you know it's all emotional and vulnerable and all that stuff, and it's the subject of bromance. Bromance. And I think this is just one of the most bromantic songs of it's all time. Very bromantic. It just, I hate that. Word. It always reminds me that bromance yeah. is not dead. It, it's so simple. It's not like uh, most songs about relationships that are good have some level of complexity or frustration or regret. And this song, there again, kind of going with the summer vibe. It's just you're hanging out, waiting on a friend. And then it mm-hmm. comes by, having fun. You go to a bar, have some drinks, and then you play. And with the exception of the time I spend with my lovely sexy and talented fiance i could live that video for my whole life so it's just all those things and it's fun and it's not super serious but like i said i think that the video mix standing there and i don't know if you guys know but there's some dudes sitting on the porch or the stoop and one of them is peter tosh well i read that and then i dug deeper and i it just I looks looked at like the video. i know what peter tosh it kind of looks, looks like, looks him, like but him. I saw some. I, I definitely saw some people saying it's definitely not. But, we can and, we can leave that not as unsettled. That's fine. But it looks like no. It. Well, both of those dudes. But it hung is out. the building. It's the physical graffiti building, which is awesome. But just how Keith's just walking up the street and he's got like the you know, oh, tank man, top Keith's on crushing. and his jacket. Well, the video really kind of solidifies this song because I I like it more with the video. And just to rewind a little bit, when I first listened to it, my first thought was. Uh, Jonathan, I thought you weren't picking Margaritaville. It's very like, it's very island because they record it in Jamaica. It has a very island feel. And I can't believe it was such a big hit because I'd never heard it. Like, I, I have no memory of this song. What? Really? Really? Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I, would say, I would say that this, to be fair, like this is a song that I, I, I definitely knew about it because of the video more than the song itself. I mean, I love the song, but I have always considered it like a guilty pleasure. Okay, you know, I'm like, it's. But why? What? Like, what? What? I don't have any guilty. I don't really have any guilt. With yeah, any I, don't, song. I don't get that. I mean, I little, I, I, it's, a, it's a Backstreet Boys. It, it's very, you. it's very hammy Stones. You know how sometimes you get, and I think it's mostly because of the way Mick enunciate when he sings in certain Stones tunes, where you're just like, ah, oh, dude, you're such a ham. And in this song, it's just right out in front. And when you watch the video with it, it it goes to like. Four thousand percent, you know. I mean, he can't get any hammier oh, than yeah. he does in the song. It's great. It's just, but I think it's a very sweet song, and I think that's what you're talking about. Maybe guilty pleasure. It's like it's a fucking buddy tune, and the just the video is amazing. Mick on the porch with the peach uh, fedora, <laughs> the striped shirt tucked in, white pants, white shoes. <laughs> Keith coming down the street with a blazer, pop collar. Uh, smoking a cig, basically stumbling down the street, and then them going to play a little gig at a bar with five people. It's a classic. I can't believe I've never heard this song. Like, I don't think I've ever put on Tattoo You. So Mm. I was really surprised to see that it was such a big hit. And I think the video is a huge part of it. It was like right at the beginning of MTV 81. MTV was stoked to just, oh, Stones, make a video? Fucking awesome. And it was so low budget. It's such a cool little... um, a picture of their their lives in the early 80s and very stripped down there's no there's no glitz to it it's just hanging out when you think about how big they were at that time and i mean they were like they were already icons you know and just with if you know anything about their relationship they've certainly had tumultuous shit going between them 
when you think about besides just it's cool to have a buddy song right like it, that's just a cool fun topic but those two and their history and yeah they walk to the bar they hop up on stage and the difference is like like the stones have this magic quality of we're just like everyone else and yet they're also like royalty you can identify with that song but to them that that's what they do on tuesday through thursday like they're at that bar for two days like hanging out just having a good time if we, we go ahead and get into the lyrics here the i think this song is not about mick and and just any friend this is about mick and keith i mean yeah. the video sets that up and even like in the video charlie and and wyman are just i didn't even notice they were there until well, you know they've the, been talking to ron bar, wood for ron, a minute ron wood is there yeah which is cool he looks he, freaking but awesome. no charlie and charlie and bill wyman are sitting at the in, behind a pole right behind them so mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i would say the the song is it's it's very sweet yes it, it's it's very for a, a rock and roll band like this i kind of associate it almost with angie um yeah, just in sure. terms of like sweet songs uh no angie's no? not on tattoo you no you it sure? may be on another like compilation but it's that i listen to tattoo you today it's not it's not on there there's really no other song that you would know on tattoo you except for uh start me up and maybe TI, tna is little tna or, yeah and that's oh. I don't I wouldn't even say that's a super popular Stones tune, but, but that's, the, that's the thing that it's a great that st- album is so good. That's one of the last. They, I think they consider that kind of be one of the last of the great Stones albums. It's it's coming off of like they, they did Some Girls and then Emotional Rescue and then that. Some Girls is a better album I think top to bottom than Tattoo You. I, I think Tattoo You starts off really strong and then kind of fades a little bit. And, and this is a very strong oh, end. I mean to yeah. to book to bookend an album with. Start Beast Me Up and Waiting on a Friend. Beast of Burden's on Some Girls. So it, it's really just Start Me Up and is the first song. Waiting on a Friend is the last song. Those are the only two songs that like charted for right. him off of this album. But, but, but to get back to my point, what it's about, there's a key line in there that where he says, I need someone to protect. He's talking about Keith. That's the only person he's talking about. As Jonathan said, these guys were royalty, and there were two of them that were even more royal than the rest. And it was Mick, and it was Keith. There's a, those are the only yeah. two guys that can relate to each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's who he's missing is that one guy that can relate to him. I think Keith was still doing heroin at this time. So, well, I, I mean, that, in the video, <laughs> he's just stumbling around, just like constantly well, like puffing hard on cigs. No, I read online, and this obviously may not be true, but that was one of the things you would say like when you're waiting on drugs. I'm just waiting oh, on a friend. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's classic. So, it's like Mr. Tambourine Man and Waiting for My Man, Velvet Underground. As far as lyrics are concerned. My favorite line was, a smile relieves the heart that grieves. It's a great line. Mm-hmm. And I love in the video, like right after he says he doesn't need a whore and booze, they hand him a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the reason it's sweet is because he's kind of saying, I don't, I don't need it. Like he's gotten to a point where I don't need this shit anymore. I've, got, I've had it. I need my buddy back. Like he said, it's, it's a bromance. I, I, it's, it's uncomfortable for most, for most men. That's right. Sweet, I think, is totally cool. It's fine, but... I think the thing I think about is just like the simplicity of it because with your buddy, it's probably the most simple relationship you have ever had. Even with, like with your parents, not better or anything. I think like, it's just the kind of like the most low maintenance because whoever your boy is, is like, you just yeah. don't have time for a lot of fucking drama with it. Yeah. Unless there's drama or betrayal, there's nothing with family and women. There's all kinds of different dynamics to that relationship but a good buddy is just it's very simple exactly and that's what i think this song and really like this song is very fucking simple 
it just seems like they were just jamming this, like having a good time. It's it's kind of a good song to play. It's very loose. There's it's it's not can't you hear me knocking? It's not fucking jumping jack flash. It's none of that. It's very simple. <laughs> and that's my thing. And so I think simple is the adjective for me for the song, even more than sweet, because it is sweet. But when I think of um, but like this one, I think the simplicity of it gives it a charm, and it just it it feels like just like a great fucking afternoon. And that, and so you just want to be in that moment, man. Like it's just the moment you want to be in. Loose, I would say, even before simple out and sweet, but it's also every loose. stone soon is loose. And, yeah, that's true. Fair point. But going back to like the friend thing, one of the things I think about, like like you say, it's the simplest relationship because there isn't like if you have like a best friend, it's high maintenance. Not for long. It should. <laughs> it should last. never be. Yeah, yeah. You, you would there never make be, it that far. There should be. You should basically be able to sit with your best friend and watch a movie for three hours or listen to music and not say a fucking word. Or you, you know, or what I'm do saying? nothing like, but talk for fucking fourteen it, hours straight. Yes, you should be able to hit both of those extremes, but and no not expectations be while doing like, it. Yeah. Another stone soon. No one comfortable. <laughs> and and like you said, the hangout vibe and, and the looseness and the the summer feel to to start an album with "Start Me Up" and then end it with "Waiting on a Friend." You really have like these two dichotomies of you're getting way up and now you need to come down and you need your buddy. They're really it works well from an album perspective as well to bookend yeah. it. With and this song. Songs. To all those points, it just it makes me think of Johnny's Porch Jam, for sure. Like I don't know why we never played it at Johnny's Porch Jam, but we certainly should have. Right, that's true. Which is to anybody who's listening, we used to play music on Jonathan's porch. He lived in Venice, near basically right next to a restaurant called Oscar Serviteca. We used to play on Sunday mornings for brunch. There were there were porch. retractable walls involved that would allow us to sit <laughs> yes. that would allow us to sit on my patio literally with like eight or nine musicians. It was it was it was magical for like one summer. And but as the wall would move back, we could just sit on the patio. And it couldn't last. It couldn't last. It was it was just like a they, a shooting star. So that being said, now those are the kind of the two big songs on that start me up and waiting on a friend. But if you know this album, Little TNA is great. Black Limousine is great. Neighbors is cool. Heaven is really cool. Black Limousine is basically a blues tune. Straight up blues. But it's got this cool little thing, man. And you can tell this is like Mick taking a jab at Keith because it's like, we used to ride, ride around in limousines. We look so fine. Me and white, or you and white and me and green. And then at the end uh, of the, the turnaround, he was like, but look at your face now, baby. Look at you and look at me. It's such a jab between Mick and Keith. It's very interesting to have that and... Waiting on a friend on here. It shows the complexity of their relationship. Let's move into the music because I think it's fine. I'm not a big fan of chorus guitar effects, how it starts out, but it works. It works. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of songs it works in, but it always just as a guitar player, it always stands out. I'm like, Ugh, why why chorus? Why the chorus pedal? To be fair, but, if you were hearing it in like '82, it may be different, right? Like yeah, and it's it, well, the whole song is so '80s. Like the sound, it's so '80s and island. You could tell they recorded it in Jamaica, and even the sax. The sax is amazing. It's the best part musically of the song, obviously. But yeah, they got Sonny Rollins to play the sax. Yeah, but it's it so Sonny '80s, Rollins? so polished, and it's such yeah. a good bed of music for a sax to just get after it. That verse chord is a uh, it's a C add nine, and the Stones mm-hmm. don't usually get too fancy with their chords. See, that's the thing, man. It shows you how Keith can turn two chords with one little variation into a song, and so that I, I think I I'll take that over the sax, but I will say the sax is a, a close second. Well, 
I read this thing uh, on like song facts. Uh, who knows if it's true, but it's a good story. <laughs> Mick didn't think that Sonny Rollins would want to play on the song, and he was totally down. And then Sonny had Mick in the studio. He's like, I just want you to dance what you want me to play. So during the sax solo, Mick was dancing, and Sonny was playing to like moves like Jagger. <laughs> I would agree on both points. Like When I listen to the song, you definitely notice the, the C-add-9 first, which... I don't know that much about chords, so Jonathan, in a second, you can explain what that means. But that chord is so sweet. And I was like, I've heard this before, and I'd heard an elderly woman behind the counter on Pearl Jam. They use it throughout that song to great effect. It's also on Wonderwall, Ziggy Stardust, and Where the Streets Have No Name. Mm -hmm. And all of those songs play that chord. I've never played it in anything, but it sounds so nice. So you're right that all those songs have it, but they have it in a slightly different way. It's a, But it still has the same effect. But right? here's, I, I, when he named those songs, I can hear... The way they play it, it's, um, it's, a very, it's a very chosen. It, that's not I stumbled into, where all those other songs are just... You went from a G to a C, and you did... That's why all those songs kind of sound the same a bit. That's why it's almost a riff. That's a riff in that song. Moving past the C add nine. The, the sax, going back to the sax, which I think is the, it really dominates the second half of the song. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's an epic solo. I don't think it's as memorable as, say, the sax in Brown Sugar. I think that's another Stones tune I think about oh, when I think of like, sax. I know they have a oh, lot. Yeah. The sax and bitch is ridiculous. This, this solo is very powerful, man. I mean, it's really it's good. It's, it's so tasty. But all it is, it starts it, it, out. All it is, it starts out with that I, thing mixed humming. That da, 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 da. It's just that. And then yeah. he noodles. It seems like every single note that's hit in the song is just very melodic and tasty and sweet. The music was recorded in 72 for Ghost Which Hatsu, I think is crazy. But the lyrics, the lyric was not written until 80 or whatever whenever oh, the they were recording were? this. It was only the music, and Mick Taylor plays guitar on this with, yeah. when he was in the band. So just for the record, you keep up the, the adjective sweet you keep talking about, that's what that nine does. See, without that nine, it's yeah. just a— Oh, yeah, for but sure. But I'm saying that's the power of like different—just one note in that whole song makes it—that's the power of one note out of 40 being played. Yes, it, it sets it up immediately. Yeah, exactly. You're like, ooh, what is that? There's something different, and it's sweet, and you're like, what's going on? Because the way he starts off this song— it, it, this is kind of creepy. It's creepy. watching girls go passing by. It ain't the latest thing. I'm just standing in a doorway. Why are you creeped out? Standing in a doorway. Well, <laughs> I mean, creepy. I don't. I, I never got a creepy vibe. But you but his woohoo's in the beginning are so high. It's and, mm-hmm. like, oh man, it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, from the get go, I could. I I never got a creepy that like. Yeah, he's watching girls pass by, but. It's Mick. He's of course he's watching girls festival. You just listen to the first couple lines. You can, it can be a little whatever. You can interpret it misogynistic, whatever. But you get into the song, you get it. But and you go to go back to the little the yeah yes a little much afterwards. I mean, like it's a little. It's a little. Remind me of the yeah yes. We hear that again. Well, no, I, I just want to hear it again. I, just, I can't. Oh, yeah. Well, what's up, Michael McDonald? Is, and, and the cool thing is, I think it's almost why you picked this song, is because it doesn't sound like a Stone song. There's a couple things that that kind of give away. But, they're so, but they're right. usually so dark. It's not just this uh, vulnerable, I, I need someone I can cry to. 
they're just like trying to express themselves. They can do it, Adam. I mean, how many people have played the chords Definitely. to every, like almost everybody has played the chords to almost every Stone song, and yet they do something no one else, everyone can, but no one else can do it. It's crazy. Well, I think also the Stones, they're so lucky. They basically started the, the band that stays together forever. They're the only band that's been like from the 60s to now that is just still doing it. And they had the luxury from seven, 70s up until now. They can just do whatever. And it's not always going to be critically acclaimed, but they have the room to just play around, do songs like this, and write huge hits. To think about, they're in Jamaica recording a, an album in 72. They get all the music done. And then at a certain point in their lives, Mick wouldn't have writ this, written this lyric in 72. Like, this wouldn't have been the lyrics to the song in 1972. He's in a different place. They're probably, I don't know, getting close to 40 if they're not in their early 40s already at that point. Life's changing for him. And it, and the song comes together like that. And again, like we said earlier, this was the second single on the album. It reached number 13. Like, it was a very popular song. It had, you know, they did the video and stuff. It's just another example of don't throw stuff away. If you have a good idea, just leave it. Keep it in your back pocket if you can't finish it. Something can come of it at any point, whether you're the Stones or not. Or the Verve can take it and burn an amazing song. Well, they also wrote that tune, uh, um, I'm Free to Do What I Want, that the Suit Dragons made famous. I'm free to do what I want any old time. So Actually, I didn't know that, but that sounds like a Stones tune. So love me, hold that tune. And, and listening to this album today, it's very summery, especially like the four song, the first four songs of the album are super strong, and they're not all songs that you know, like Stones hits, but they're very, they're just having a good they're time, good. and you could tell they're having a good time. There is a lot of saxophone in this album, so it's not surprising at the end, and it's just something that you could have on at the beach and a barbecue. I remember, like, Start Me Up was one of the first songs I ever heard by the Stones, because it was just on the radio so much. And I didn't get into the Stones till probably later, like mid twenties. Like in high school, I wasn't too much too much into them. But it was definitely summertime. It was on the radio. I remember like specifically being my mom's minivan, just here, stop me up. <laughs> so great. That's just what they do. I mean, they can make what otherwise relatively pedestrian things. It's not like Zeppelin. With Zeppelin, it's like you just can't do that because you don't. You can't play that well, and no one you know can play that well. With 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 the Beatles, it's like, well, you can't do that because you're not Paul McCartney. With the Stones, it's like you could do that, but you can't do that. So that's the craziest part. And they they can take anything and turn it into a song. And a, a lot of that earlier stuff is kind of heavier and and that kind of and kind of filthy and dirty. But what's cool is like I like it when bands change like as their lives change. Like I saw somebody like shitting on Guns N' Roses because of like. But Axel was swimming with dolphins in the estranged video versus like Paradise City and stuff. I'm like, Axel has been living in mansions and flying in fucking jets for about two years now. He ain't on the damn streets. And so he's probably thinking about swimming with dolphins because that's probably what he did last Tuesday. <laughs> I like the fact that he, they're not trying to like front on being something like a gimmick. It's like, no, nah, man, there's, that's what we were seeing then. Here's what we're seeing now. Josh, you have a good stone story. Oh, uh, well, speaking of Start Me Up, it, it I don't know what year this was, but they were going back on tour probably 2012, 2013, and I kind of heard that there was a secret show in L.A. They'd been practicing here, and I saw that the El Rey, which is like a smaller venue, was like doing a ticket thing. So I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, yo, we got to go get your car in Hollywood. Let's just go 
see if how long the line is. Well, we found a parking spot, got in line. They gave everybody in line a raffle ticket. Then they called a specific number of, of raffle tickets, and we're like, all right, these people have tickets. $20. I got in. She did not. We were breaking up, so it was fine. They gave so you, you, went, you went to that by yourself? Everybody there was by themselves. <laughs> That's amazing. So, God, I'm so, so basically, jealous. I, I, I saw the Rolling Stones at a venue for about, I don't know, 400 people at the Echo. Got in there, got a spot in line, was standing next to some dude, like talking to people, and everybody was just like, everybody was by themselves. Except for, because it's America and because it's Hollywood, half of this, the place was cut off with a fence where celebrities were coming through the back way and attending the show. Sounds like so, an awful, awful uh, experience. That's yeah, why right. you want to be so famous. I, for that reason right there. I started... Well, what's so crazy about the Stones, and just going to not to, this is a great story, but I can go many different ways. But I'll just go to start, when they start playing, and you realize how awesome a songwriter, because a lot of their songs are built on these kind of refrains of like, start me up, you know, you make a grown man cry. And everybody in the place is just screaming that, like Brown Sugar, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all of these songs have the, these refrains, and everybody's losing their shit. Like, you're seeing a, a, a band after their first album in a small venue, but these are, like, these 70-year-old... I mean, they look their age, but they can still... They still brought it. I, I was so full of agen adrenaline after that. and almost got into a fight during the show, but... <laughs> well, Fuck you, man. Just, That's another story. The, the Stones are so good. If you were to write a story about the Stones and still playing, like, Keith's still alive, that's... Okay, so the reason why they've been at the top for almost six decades now is just for one reason. It's the songwriting. Like, it's the songs, the songs, the songs. And I think this um, Waiting on a Friend is such a personal, uh, a perfect example of the fact that they don't, they don't even need something spectacular to happen in a song to make it a great song. Like they just, they can build it because it seems like their goal is always communication and to bring you into their world and them into your world that like that's the goal and i think that's the process that really allows them to always be around starting from the early mid 60s to now and not only have they been around but they've been like at the, they've been at the top i watched a video of them playing it uh, in germany and it was in 1998 where they you know right when the internet the 90s internet they they basically on the big screen behind them they they had their website up. They're like, oh, fans voted on what song we're going to play next. Mick is walking around the stage like, you know, and it goes down. And the biggest check marks are by waiting on a friend. It's funny that, that people gravitate to this song so much. What What's your favorite part of the song? I mean, that first, that beginning, just that, just that, the simplicity of two chords being played in time that like it sets a mood right out of the gate man like there's a mood in those first two chords and that's that's rare that's hard to do i said i had a favorite lyric the song is very there's not many parts to it it's just a very like there's not a bridge there's you know it's just a flowing song but i think i agree with you like the opening chords even though i said i don't like the chorus pedal it's just it's very it, it just sets the tone for the whole song lyrically my favorite part it starts with the I need someone I can cry to. I need someone to protect. Making love and yeah, making yeah. arts is a game for youth. I'm not waiting on a lady. I'm just waiting on a friend. So that's that's the lyrically that's the pinnacle of the song. That sum that sums up a a, a good friendship and like a, maybe a friend. It almost sums up a friendship that feels like it's on the uh, tail end that that he's pining for to to get back to to how it used to be. But 
I feel like you hear more female lyricists talking about that because they're able to be in touch with their emotions <laughs> more than guys. So you just never really hear guys talking about like, hey, I'm, I want my, my friend back. So I was actually just going to say that part myself after the you know the opening part and what's cool though is that's the point at which you could say the stones really shine because maybe maybe someone would have stumbled into those first chords or whatever but when he gets to that making love make it gets like rhythmic and it gets r&b and it like they really when they start getting that swing in there and that attitude that's really what like i feel like the stones defined rock and roll attitude through great songwriting. But they're the yeah, quintessential bar sure, band. For sure, know? And the opposite of attitude, my favorite lyric is just, a smile relieves a heart that grieves. It's such a sweet lyric. You and know? the way they like, go into very, it, too. It's very poetic. A smile from a friend is uh, priceless. I mean, the sax solo is awesome. I mean, it's, it's really good. You know, so it is. It's overproduced. Great it lyric. makes it so inherently it, yeah, like, it, New York. It overtakes. It really makes it... This, to, me, I, I yeah. really, to me, this song is so like... New York in the seventies well, and eighties too. They were almost ahead of the game with the sax. Eighty one, and they were they were rocking a sweet polished sax solo, and that defined a lot of the eighties. There was a lot of eighties well, cheesy sax. Lost Boys, and, and they and did it cheesy, first. but also but also good. Like I mean, you no, can look at like even go to like Tina Turner, the best, or like Sade, Smooth Operator. Like both those songs have like are dom- like have dominance sax kind of like this song that, that this song reminded me of, of, of as there's 80s. true only two dominant sax there's well, baker, baker street, baker street by jay rafferty right and then there's the Ooh, dude yeah. at the beginning of the lost boys with the ponytail oh, and no shirt i still believe yeah I still <laughs> he's wearing cut off jean shorts <laughs> and he's all oiled up and he's like kind of bodybuilderish and he has a fucking ponytail that's that's maximum sax appeal right there no yeah max sax we would and again we would be we we should mention careless whisper 80s saxophone tune also if we're talking cheese well are we are we the are we under the influence i i think we're under the influence right yeah i think i think i think we have we have entered we've our graduated under the into under the influence of... it's just such a buddy song like we've talked about and i think some songs that relate from their good friends the beatles with a little help from my friends and help songs about friends i mean but so different yeah musically it's mature certainly, it's more certainly. Mature. but there's not there's not a ton of songs that are just pure friendship which well, stand by me Stand by me, lean on me. Thank you for being a friend. Uh. <laughs> Friends by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> the Stone stuff from that era, all that stuff around, like you know, like "Miss You" is a freaking ridiculously good song. It's just the fact that the Stones can do it in blues, they can do it in rock, they can do it in country, they can do it like wannabe disco. They can just do it in singer songwriter. Yeah. They can just do it in every genre. So yeah. one more song. One more song. I would say that it, it kind of reminded me of, and they're not that, but because of the sax and because of the the do, 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 the the doo-doos, <laughs> the doo-doo, we'll say, <laughs> is walk on the wild, walk on the wild side, which is a little earlier mm-hmm. in the seventies, but like they have very similar. Like I could see yeah, that, yeah, that's a much darker song. Yeah, but the I mean, you're, thematically, you're the production. no, yeah, production and just the the elements uh, that. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's was the, it, was this production. prior to that, or no? This is definitely later. Uh, no, this is this was after. Well, this. the music okay. though, the music though, is kind of probably. Yeah, the music. Is but probably, to your point. The, before even I, yeah. I, I, that's a good call though i, I could see but, the, but you're specifically talking about the sex the, the doo-doos and the sex i think that came in the 80s i don't think did you guys listen to any other versions or i didn't even see covers i mean i listen to a live version but i'd rather hear the studio there's no covers on like spotify or anything well there are but they're horrible 
I found a version of Pearl Jam doing it in Oslo. Mm. It's so sick. Eddie's wearing like a Walter Payton jersey. He has like a gold <laughs> SG. He's got cargo shorts on. He's Eddie has down. an SG? Yes. Um, actually, it wasn't. Not, it was in 2014. They just recently, well, I mean, recently as far as what we're talking right. about musically. He sings it so great. I would say if I wanted to listen to it, I might go back to that more often because just the way Eddie can, he sings it so low. He can't, he's like, is there any women in the crowd to do the doo-doos? Because he does everything except the middle. He's like, doo-doo-doo-doo. But how he sings, you know, just Eddie has a great voice and the way he sings it so low when he comes into like the, oh, making love and breaking hearts. I can see him in that, in that pretty well. Definitely, you can tell they um, they love the song, and they. You had so, me at Walter Payton jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. hey, Miss, Miss, uh, Mississippi born and born and raised, best vibe. Best vibe. Where do you want to be when you hear this song? I want to be drinking a margarita at a barbecue <laughs> with my buddies. I want to be waiting on my buddy to come by so we could go to the bar and play music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like the, yeah. just that i don't yeah. let yeah. the people from the barbecue come and t- clap for us but like i just want to be i just want to be hanging out with my buddies i want there to be no windows in the bar because i don't give a fuck what time it is i don't care how long we stay i want it to be in new york or someplace that's gonna be open for a while yeah and new york new orleans las vegas n- not, let's x that last one new york or new orleans i think about in the 70s the songs could probably get away with that kind of shit because there was no cell phones there's nothing you go play for an hour and a half at a bar before the word got out which yeah. would be well, ridiculous. And, and that yeah. video where there there's like five people in the bar. It's so great. Yeah. If you like this song, watch this video if you've never it's seen so good. it. That is the one thing to take away. And then <laughs> I guess we're going to try out a new segment uh, that Jonathan came up with. That does the shoe fit? I would say the shoe fits perfectly for me. This is definitely a very nice casual beach loafer of a fucking song for me to fit. Yeah, this, this is right a This is a driving loafer of a song for me to hang out. The shoe fits for me, but it, I had to wear it in a little. Had to break bit. it in a little bit. I, at, at first it was a little, yeah, it was a little tight. I had to wear it in, but now now it's a nice yeah. Sounds like you weren't sure about it's the working, style. It sounds like you weren't sure about the styling a little bit at first. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I wasn't sure about the style or the fit, but it turns out <laughs> Turns out, I'm walking around in a room. And see, this is the key to bromance is you got to listen to your friends, man. Listen to them. Listen to what they need and then help them out with yeah. it. It's just all about listening, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be there for your buddy. And on that note, we are going to play this song, Waiting on a Friend, 1981, Rolling Stones from the album Tattoo You. Just 
trying to make some sense out of these girls passing by the tales they tell of men I'm not waiting on a lady Just waiting on a friend A smile relieves a heart that grieves Remember what I said I'm not waiting on a lady I'm just waiting on a friend 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 Don't need no whore, I don't need no booze Don't need a virgin priest I need someone I can cry to I need someone to protect Making love Breaking hearts, it is a game for youth. I'm not waiting on a lady, I'm just waiting on a friend. Next week is Neil's week. So, Neil, what are we going to be listening to? Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. <laughs> hey, man, bromance so means listening, Josh, without judgment. <laughs> that cover was performed by Mr. Jonathan Horton. Thanks for listening this week. This episode was produced by yours truly, Josh Bond. If you'd like to follow us or give us any feedback, our handle on Twitter and Instagram is at PodGaveRock. Can't wait! <laughs> <laughs>